This is the Flow State Performance Podcast, episode number five, with Ryan Nasser. How to raise your chi for peak performance. Welcome to the Flow State Performance Podcast, created for those committed to mastery and success. Coming to you from Manly, Australia, we break down the science and philosophy of optimal performance so you can unleash your potential. Okay, we're here today with Ryan Nasser, who is a coach for entrepreneurs, seven-figure entrepreneurs. He's also a guy that I've studied with. I was lucky enough to be on one of Ryan's courses, um, and it was an epic experience, an eight-week course, where we really dove into Qigong, productivity, manifestation. Yeah, I'm stoked to have Ryan here on this podcast today because he's got a very interesting view on peak performance. He's very much influenced by Eastern philosophy and the internal martial arts, particularly over in China. So yeah, today we're going to dive into talking about Ryan's perspectives on performance and the lessons that he's learned from delving deep into the philosophy of the East. So Ryan, welcome. Thank you, Jero. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here and thanks for that. Yeah, very lovely introduction. I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. So first of all, how's your day? It sounds like yeah. you're busy. <laughs> yeah, it's been an amazing day. I've jumped on, I just recently just came off of a Chia Light session and I uh, was teaching a Nagong student just um, prior to that who has a Chia Light machine. So, yeah, I, I taught her some uh, Nagong and then we jumped straight into the Chia Light machine, which okay, was you're gonna have, absolutely fantastic. You're going to have to talk to us about what that is, man. <laughs> Basically, it's a light that you sit underneath and it's from a Austrian scientist, I believe, they came up with when we have near-death experiences, apparently it activates every cell of the body. Essentially what it does is it stimulates and activates the pineal gland and you get a sense of connecting to your higher self. So I've had about four sessions now and the first one was absolutely incredible. You see the geometric like patterns in your third eye and a whole different bunch of experiences. But the best way I can describe it is you go to the higher self and you can process a lot of the particularly if you're an entrepreneur or you're like a go-getter and you continuously have a lot of questions on your mind, when you go to the higher space, you can actually quickly find answers. And it just found like, it just to me, it just kind of, it sort of completed the questions that I had on my mind in a really fast way. So I could actually download them into my physical body, it felt like. And then after that, it was like, oh, well, wow, I'm really clear now on what I need to do. And it was a different level because I think I'm pretty clear with my rituals and my meditation as it is. But that just really seemed to take it to another level. So that's probably the best way I can sort of sum it up. So how do you uh, interface? How do you engage with this machine? Basically, you lie down and she also lied down next to me as well. So basically, she says that like she'll help me guide me into a deeper place. And then I've done a few on my own as well. And they turn it on and there's some light in the background uh, or some music in the background. There's different programs you can set it on. We've done Illumination today. We've done Growth and we've done a couple of other ones as well. So they're set to a different frequency of light, I believe, and also sound, and they're designed to take you in this different level. So there was one day we'd done like more of a, a stronger program, and then we'd step that down to more of a medium one. I'd done two in a row just to, yeah, just to sort of experience it. But it's a, it's highly incredible. I, I just find it's a very deeply therapeutic and relaxing, I suppose, like a process to go through. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not sure. It's definitely like meditation, but I'm not exactly sure where you would actually place it. Interesting. Okay, cool. Can you just say the name of what this thing is again? So we can uh, Yeah, Lucia Light. It's L-U-C-I-A-L-I-G-H-T. 
yeah, awesome. which okay. you like. I'll put a link to this in the show notes afterwards. That sounds interesting stuff. Cool. So, Ryan, let's just go back a little bit further. Talk to us about your background. How did you end up? Because I know that you ended up in, in China studying. Just give me an idea of, of your upbringing and how you came about to make the decision to go and study in China. Yeah, awesome. Yes, I guess to sum it up, I suppose my background was my both my parents were, were business or entrepreneurial related. My dad had like a hotel and apartment. My mum had a travel agent. They separated quite young just because they were both driven by their businesses and they were in different locations. Then I got deeply into the hospitality industry and I met like a Kung Fu teacher on the journey. And ironically, I was too shy to even go to a class, but he was teaching me one-on-one. I'd done very well sort of in the property market. And I had a stage where the bank would lend me quite a lot of money if I wanted to, just based on the equity of my properties. And I was considered sort of successful financially. You know, I had the houses, had the nice car, had a beautiful girlfriend, had all those things. But as I was getting into Qigong and internal martial arts, there was a, a bigger question that arose from within. And to cut a long story short, on my search of that journey, it came down to, do I want to progress in this materialistic path and achieve success in what everyone else terms success, you know, have the car, have the money, have the beautiful girlfriend, stuff like that. Or do I want to go on this quest for this internal journey, the, the deeper questions that were sort of coming up through my Qigong practice. And to be honest, the drive was too strong that I ended up just quitting my job and moving over to China and to live on the base of a mountain, to live with Shaolin monks. And then that led me into actually selling my house so I could fulfill that dream. So I think I spent seven years in China. Wow, so you, you really went for it. You didn't, you didn't just do it by halves. You didn't just get a, get a plane ticket, return plane ticket, go and check it out, see if you like it. You basically quit your job, sold your house and moved to a mountain. Yeah, pretty much. And I founded a business called studymartialarts.org. Um, at the time, I was reading a lot of books around aligning your business with your passion, which is kind of, you know, everyone sort of does that these days. But I think it was around 2000 six or 2007, it, it seemed to be a, like a new movement, like, you know, like get a business that was in line with your passion and things like that. So I really asked a lot of questions around what that was. And at that stage of my life, it was martial arts. And it was about helping other Westerners find the right masters, because at that stage, there's all these great Kung Fu masters in China that are eager to, to pass on their skills. But because the, the economy is so strong now, and they're more of an opportunist culture, they're interested in making money for because for about 200 years, I haven't really had that opportunity. So there's all these great masters with these amazing skills. And in the West, we've got a very comfortable background and we're more interested in now, you know, developing spiritual qualities or higher states of flow or, or improving our productivity or connecting ourselves, mind, body and soul. Whereas in China, more of the youth were more interested in just in basically going for it and making money and setting themselves up, which is totally cool too. But it just meant that there was these, a lot of these great masters that wanted to pass on a skill. So we set up studymartialarts.org to help people from the West find Kung Fu masters and also help the Kung Fu masters or Qigong masters find uh, students more easily. So that enabled me to meet a whole lot of masters because we traveled right around China and particularly focused on Kung Fu masters. And I got to meet and train with a lot of different masters. I've had five main masters that have passed on, that have had detailed Pacific long-term sort of training. I've either lived with them and studied with them, but I've met just so many, which has been a really blessed in, in that way. Like yeah, I think, yeah. the, I think the saying is a you know blessed is the, the person who has a lot of great teachings. I don't say that to be like cocky or look at me or anything like that, but it, I really feel like right now as I'm talking about it, like I owe a lot of gratitude and appreciation to them because they pass on, they transmit a light or an energy to you, and they're really inspirational 
people have dedicated their lives to these practices. And a big part of why I'm successful in my business is because of them or successful with my clients getting results is just purely because of them. So like I, I feel like I'm getting yeah. uh, moved or emotional right now, like yeah. full, full of gratitude towards them. So yeah. So, so Ryan, when I think about this, this question, because I've always had this thing about finding my master and in the Hollywood version, like Daniel Sun just stumbles across Mr. Miyagi by accident. And in the way <laughs> yeah. of the warrior, Dan Milliman's book, it's the same thing. And in so many other kind of books as well. So how does one go about finding one's master? I believe follow your heart and follow your gut as well. But like, don't follow your, like your mind will lead you to the clues, but your mind, if you haven't broken down into your source and, and you know, really connected that deeper space, which is you, then you're going to be more influenced by what your mom or your dad tells you, what your friends told you and your source is telling you what you should do. And if you can really honor that space, and even if you have to start off small, to do a small yoga workshop or a Qigong workshop or go and do like a, a retreat somewhere, and that'll expand your ability to communicate to that source, and then those answers will come out. So start small if you need to, but if you really feel a big calling for it, just absolutely go for it. You know, like if you feel like it's strong enough, then follow that urge because the worst case scenario, you're going to leave with like, peace of mind. I remember I wanted to be an actor about three years ago on my journey of martial arts. And I thought martial arts was going to lead me there towards the end, but I was too shy to even say, Oh, I wanted to be an actor. I don't know why I had deep insecurities or I was worried what other people would thought. And then one day I realized that, man, I've got to go for this. Otherwise it's going to be 10 years later down the track. And if I don't do it, that's going to really bug me. And I don't want to live with any regrets. So I decided to fully commit to being an actor. And in that process, I dissolved the actual need. I actually met Diana Lee and Asano, who's Dan and Asano's um, daughter. She's a really lovely martial artist and a lo really lovely person. Her husband, Ron Balicki, who's one of Dan and Asano's top students. They do they do a lot of stunt work for Hollywood actors and do the flight choreography routines and that. And I met all these interesting people and there was an opportunity to, to progress in that path. I went to New York Film Academy as well to check it out. And But then the desire actually melted away in that process. But the biggest thing that I got from that is peace of mind. Like there's no longer anymore is this urge in the back of my mind. So if you've got the urge of going, doing some training or finding your master, just go do the thing. And then, and if it doesn't work out, it'll give you peace of mind and you won't have any regrets. Otherwise I guarantee you later on, you'll be thinking, oh, I wish I'd done that. Or I wish I would have done this. Or now I have the opportunity or you begin it. And then you realize you do love it and you're very talented at it. And you go, damn, you know, something was telling me to do this 10 years ago. So you don't have to dive deep into it. You can just start off small. And it could be, I just got a book on my Kindle and just started reading about acting. And that, you know what I mean? I was too busy doing other things at the time, but at least I recognized that there was a calling and I just started lightly. And then that just led me into, you know, slowly progressing until, till yeah, the de desire dissolved away. But just getting back to this, okay, finding your master. So did you have an idea of where you were headed when you landed in China? I've done a bit of research just on, on a, a website. I went to Kunyu, Kunyushan, which is basically it's a, that area is a birthplace of Taoism. So, yeah, i just done a bit of research. Like I didn't really particularly, yeah, I just, I, I guess I pieced the, because I jumped in, I basically pieced the picture together while I sort of, I don't know if you've read the book by Mark Burnett, jump in and just do it, I think it's called. Yeah, I just basically jumped in and then just, you know, met masters and then connected and asked if, if anyone else knew any other masters and just kept my ear to the ground to see if there was any other interesting opportunities and just followed them up. Cool, man. Yeah, what I'm hearing is 
It's that commitment, you know, when the difference between sitting at home thinking about going to China or going wherever to commit to something versus on one hand, you're just sitting there Googling stuff, Chinese monasteries, or how do I find a master <laughs> versus the idea, of, <laughs> the idea of just booking a ticket and just landing there. Like one is hesitant, one is analytical, intellectual thinking about the whole thing. The other one is just driven by your heart where you're just like, man, I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. commitment. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what right. I'm hearing, man, like a completely different type of uh, energy and commitment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You will have those thoughts as well. And the biggest addiction is the mind has is a, the addiction to polarities, like wanting money, not wanting money, wanting success, not wanting success, wanting to do this business, not wanting to do this business. So you commit to the path. And that's probably the biggest challenge all entrepreneurs have or most people have in anything is they've got their mind as addiction, addicted to the polarity of things. So that's why it's important to learn meditation or connect and get more grounded with your practices. I know with Qigong, we get really rooted in, uh, to the ground so you feel really stable and, and sort of strong. And I think that's just important because you're going to have those doubts. Like I, I've given up on my business now. We, I think we launched it in November probably about five or six times, but it's not like oh, I'm giving up and I'm giving up. Letting go of the resistance of mind that's telling me, oh, do you really want to do this? Yeah, okay, fine. You know what? I just I give up. And then I just a moment later I'm back in and, and as I've released that energy and I'm back to full commitment again. I don't really do that anymore. Now my heart is fully seated in that place. But I think when we really progress through the levels of entrepreneurship and a book that comes to mind, my friend just wrote is by Monty Hook. He's just written a book called The Business Hacker. And he talks about the six levels of, of entrepreneurship. Yeah, I just think like as you progress through that journey, you're going to have that of oh, wanting to do this, not wanting to do that. And I think having some practice of like meditation or things that get you into flow state is going to quiet that mind and enable you to get into that zone where it, it just is what it is. And, and you're just in perfect harmony with your vision and your dream and the, and the right people, circumstances and events just flow into your life, which is, and it makes it magical as well, rather than just like a, a mental journey. You want a magical journey. Yeah, absolutely, man. So talk to me about, you mentioned flow state there. So, and flow state is obviously a, a founding principle or something that we're very interested in at flow state performance. What, what does it mean to you? Yeah, okay. So for me, flow state means being committed to what you love. And in that commitment, there's a level of clarity or deep faith or, or belief, and it enables you to get into a state of ease and love with what you do. There's a synchronicity with, so if you're committing to build a business or you're committing to like get into the best shape of your life, it's like, it really does become like a, a magical journey where the right people, information and events flow in, into your space and you're enabled to operate. You actually lose a conscious agent of yourself and you become aware of of how you're operating. You get into that zone, how you see athletes or Michael Jordan always comes to my mind, but you have a way he would move. You can just see that he's in perfect sort of flow state. And then when you, when asked about it, they're not really conscious of what they're doing, but they've just, it's just all their drills and all their work comes out into that place. So for me, I like the concept of Wu Wei, which I know we've spoken about on the eight week challenge. And that is when you get into that state of what you love, essentially you're channeling the energy what they call in Chinese called De, which is the best way to translate that is this heavenly energy that gives you this charismatic power and then everything harmonizes around your your will so in the Zhou dynasty the kings in that it said that when they were in this state of Wu Wei 
then there was complete order in the kingdom and everything worked out perfectly. So um, yeah, for me, when you're actually right in those states, it just feels like everything is working out in perfect harmony with your will consciously or otherwise. Mm, Thanks for that. Yeah, that's really interesting. So talk to us briefly about this idea of chi and, and just to give some background, Often Ryan and I will, and Ryan and other friends will exchange messages, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on SMS, and we'll say whatever it is that we're saying, and then we'll send each other chi. So we'll literally write, uh, sending you some chi, brother. (laughs) And and, uh, that might sound like a strange thing to someone who has no idea what the hell we're talking about. But uh, just talk to me about that, Ryan. Yeah, well, chi just translates best to energy. I think that's how most people can sort of relate to it. So the more chi you have, the more energy you have. And I guess with what I do, chi gong, uh, chi just means energy or it can even translate to breath or universal energy. And gong just means the work that you apply to what you love or what you do. So it's just energy work or breath work or universal energy work. But as you get into the process, you realize it's energy development or chi development. So yeah, and then I mean, this Qigong does lots of things. So sometimes it's very hard to pinpoint it. What we do in the eight-week challenge is we focus on productivity, exploring consciousness and human potential to get into that state of flow. But it does three things, and this is where I think that it's interesting in terms of sending people Qi. It works on breath, posture, and what the Chinese call like yi or mind intent. So the more that you build up your mind intent and your Qi or your energy, the better you are able to direct that, whether that's on your target or your goals, dreams, or aspirations, or whether that's sending love, because they say sight is a subtle form of touch. So everything we look at, we're actually affecting. So the greater ability you build up your yi, and that's when you go through the process of jing chi and shen, once you build up that yi or that mind intent in the body, then it's very easy for you to, to like project love or project positive energy or project chi or project your focus with a steady calm-like but very deliberate and directed energy in a relaxed way as well on what your goals, dreams, and aspirations are. And that's when you get into that magical like flow state where things are just harmonizing to your will. And it also means that when your shen or when your spirit is strong through meditation or these practices, you know, the saying is we can see the dust on the mirror, we can see the forest from the trees. But basically that translates to you just don't get distracted when you're doing what you love. You know, some you know what I mean? And when you get into that zone, people just seem to respect your space so they can see what you're doing. You can see there's that zealous type of passion and energy that's animating from you and people are just, oh, he's in the zone. They kind of leave you to it. Or if an interruption does come in, you're able to deal with it in a harmonious way. You're more conscious of the, like the decision points of interrupt, you know, something like, let's say, if someone knocked at my door now, I could say, uh, even though I've put a do not decide sign on the door, I could, you know, be conscious of that decision point and say, hey, I'm just in a call. Do you mind calling back later, you know, and just being aware of those points of interruption, which can keep us into flow. I know I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think it's a deep subject and giving a little bit more of uh, information around how all these elements will work. I think the audience will be yeah. able to paint a better picture. Would you say that... It's accurate to say that one of the main reasons why martial artists or Qigong, Tai Chi practitioners, one of the reasons they practice is to build up this Qi? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that it's a very, it can be almost addictive because you develop the lower Dantian and that's your empowered version of yourself. So you feel like you can get stuff done. You know what I mean? Like it just, you just feel a lot more connected mind, body and soul. And I guess a good subject to talk about related to that 
is it it's the development of the hot system. So you've got the cold system and the hot system. The cold system is the our cognitive decision making system, whereas the hot system governs the like the subconscious and the organs and all the processes that luckily we don't have to to manage or take care of. But mm. inside the hot system is our code of morality or our virtuous side. So in the West, predominantly, we're very driven by the cold system. So if we go back to like the beginning of societies, just to, to drum home the message, I suppose, the leaders of that time uh, had great questions to answer, like how are we going to live in, in harmony together? How are we going to live in a civilized way? How are we going to live in peace? And how are we going to live in an orderly way so we can all operate? And one was to train the, the cold system, which is the carrot and a stick approach. You do something right, I'm going to reward you with a carrot. You do something wrong, I'm going to hit you with a stick. And then the cold system basically corrects itself. You go to do something, you're like, oh, no, I can't do that. And then we correct our behavior. And there was another thought leader, and they were like, no, we need to evoke the hot system, which is more of the, the Taoist, Confucius, and Buddhist approach, or, or anyone who does dancing yoga or meditation or any of these practices. Basically, that starts to evoke or train the hot system. And for me, Qigong has been a really powerful way to do that. But what that means is because the code of our code of morality is stored, our virtuous side is stored within the hot system, we get a, a feeling or a sense of what's right and wrong. So that was one of the ways that they were looking at how we can live in harmony together. So that keeps us on, I know this is going on a tangent again, but it, it keeps us on path with what we want to focus on when it comes to points of pressure. Because in points of pressure, the cold system is basically is limited to its resources of energy. It's only got so many decisions it can make every day before it, uh, it just it relaxes and we go back to hot system. But because in the West we're driven by that, we don't really honor the hot system and have ways to honor the deeper parts of our body. It's like a it's a basically a deep emotional reactive system in some ways that hasn't really been trained or nurtured or cultivated is the best word to use. So what that means is that I'm being really good, disciplined with this diet, and then as soon as like I have an argument with someone or a stressful situation comes up, bang, it's like I throw my hands up, I go back to hot system, and the hot system is like binge or do this or do that, and it's uncontrolled. Whereas if you do practices like yoga, qigong, or meditation, or dancing, or things that can can cultivate more of that mind-body-soul connection, you can really f- reflect on that deeper place the hot system then aligns with what's right for you. So it's not common for someone to jump on the eight-week challenge and they've got a diet and then their body is telling them what is the right food to eat. So it's easier for them to adjust to their diet. It's not like this mental process where my coach told me I have to do this. It's more of like, no, no, wait up. This salad is just resonating with me way more than ever as a result of doing this practice, whereas before a salad just seemed like the most boring thing ever, like your your senses come alive and there's this – it's like a code of morality that's stored within yourself. Everyone's got their own evolution of their truth yeah. and when we connect to that, those answers are right for that particular time. That yeah. helps you on the journey of succeeding under those points of pressure because then when you drop back to hot system, the hot system's got this – it's got an abundance of energy. When you see someone who's really passionate animated – they're coming from the hot system and that keeps them then online with on a more of a, a virtuous or morality. They get more of a sensor of feel what's right and then they can just guide off that, which is really beneficial because then the mind can have a have a rest basically. Mm, awesome, man. Talk to me. You must have met some pretty badass martial artist in your time. Um, <laughs> talk to me about the dude or the episode or the incident that, that most stands out in your from your time in China hanging out with these super powerful beings 
Oh, yeah, there's been well, – I've had so many great masters and if I don't talk about other masters, I'll feel bad if, this, if they have – We can always do yeah. another podcast. <laughs> okay, I suppose I'll start with the, the root of my training in, in China and although that was Shaolin, the next master I met who I became an indoor disciple of was Master Chen Fusheng and he was the special combat special forces instructor of China. He was the first gold medal Qigong winner and they had the international exchange of qigong games uh, and he's one of the guys who really came out and said well, if you've got qi like the ancients did you should be able to do this so he's got an unbroken record of dropping a like a might be heavier than 15 kilo stone on his from six to nine nine feet it was yeah on his chest and belly three times they dropped that rock and just because of his qi is packed up and this is going to be sound crazy to people who haven't experienced it because it would sound crazy to me before I went to China. Although I had a faith that these things were possible, it just doesn't seem real if it's not part of your reality. But I actually dropped that stone on national TV in China and on province from about six to nine feet. It's on video. And basically the bed exploded underneath him and, you know, he, he just gave me the thumbs up after it. And he was actually singing a Chinese opera song before I dropped it on there. I mean, with no instruction. He's like the ultimate version of relaxed under pressure that you can ever get. Like I'm up there and I've got this massive thing that weighs about the same weight as a 16, well, it's about a 16 kilo kettlebell. And I'm standing on this like piece of wood on these two ladders that aren't even even when he's on this bed and there's all this camera crew and all my other disciples and students surrounding it. And I'm like, can I have some instructions, please? Like, what am I meant to do? And he's like, no, it's all good. And he just sits underneath there. And and I've never felt that much pressure because you've got a man that's given you so much skill, admiration, and time, and you're about to drop the stone on him. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was really, really full on. But yeah, uh, I've done that twice. And his lower dantian or his midsection, you could punch it as hard as you want. He was the most feminine, soft-moving person that you'd ever see. But when you hit his dantian or around that midsection, it was like punching a cement wall. It was just rock hard. So, I mean, that's just one story of, I suppose, what you can develop when you develop your chi. There, there is different types of qigong as well. This is um, particularly talking about martial qigong. Yeah, so when people, obviously the Shaolin monks, quite well known around the world, and some of the images that, that come to my mind are these guys doing things with very sharp pointy bits, like with spears and basically putting them on their skin and then pushing heavy objects and stuff like that. And how can this be explained? It's actually a combination of two things. So one is skill, and there's no doubt about that. But then there are some sort of tricks and showmanship behind it. Like I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to be, you know what I mean? I don't want to <laughs> be like, oh yeah, it's just all no, about I'm glad the you said da, that. Da, da. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, I used to uh, know a little bit more about it. I've sort of let go of the information now. But, but yeah, there's different things that they do with the angling of things. So it's definitely a combination of their skill level as well. But then it's also a combination of, I don't know, for lack of better words, like the use of magic, I suppose, or just to give the audience that absolute wow factor. But things like smacking the iron bar over their head and shattering that, like that's legit, you know. And I've, I've seen like – masters with staves that I've smashed on the, on the side of a like a basketball steel thing and couldn't break it and then these masters grab the same ones and just smack it over their body it just breaks on that point yeah like the the Shaolin monks are absolutely incredible I had about six months of full-time training in, in Shaolin Kung Fu and I'm good friends with quite a few Shaolin monks and yeah they're absolutely incredible beings and, and you know the style of Shaolin is it's, it's a very effective 
I mean, the thing with martial arts and talking about martial arts is that there's a lot of arguments for, for both sides. I find Shaolin a very good art for mind and body connection, more of an athletic style that's very good for the mind, very good for sharp and fast reflexes. I think there's better styles of combat out there, but it really depends on what's suited best for you and what your purpose is is probably the best way I can answer that question. Yeah, sure, man. Thanks for that. So I'm fascinated by this blend of East and West, ancient and modern. So you've obviously spent a fair amount of time in Asia, as have I, but yet you very much exist in the Western world, in the modern world, in terms of the work that you do with with entrepreneurs, people with six, seven-figure businesses. So what is it that you feel really adds value to your clients that you've learned in the East or, or from that sort of more ancient mode of thinking? Yeah, I think it's a connection to their source or their purpose on a deeper level. Relaxation as well, more mindfulness and presence. It comes down to that cold system, hot system thing as well, again. But I think like I've worked with a lot of successful people who don't feel fulfilled and they're lovely people, don't get me wrong, they're absolutely awesome. And they're coming to me like saying, hey, look, financially, business is like, it's great. Like, you know what I mean? I'm comfortable, like some cases winning national awards for things. And But they're like, I just feel like I've lost my connection to myself or I just don't feel fulfilled. And within two weeks on the eight-week challenge, bang, they're connected, they're fulfilled, they're full of gratitude, they're loving the process that they're going through, they've got more time and space and more productivity. And then they're like, you know what, now I'd really like to align my business with this. So then like straight, you know, there's another like six weeks left of the program and then boom, and it's just common for the next couple of weeks, they find what that is that they want to do at that core level because they, I suppose it's like they're starting to honor or, commu- or create rituals or practices that allow them to communicate to that space from within and that's great because it just is a very solid place. It's an ever-evolving truth, but it just enables you to have a connection to, yeah, a deeper place. Oh, yeah. Man, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. That The way I view it and the way I've experienced it in my life is that I feel like the, the Western world, the modern world that we live in, very much keeps us going along this very horizontal plane where we're just sort of we're running away from stuff or we're running towards stuff and we're very much just like going back and forth on a horizontal plane. And I feel that a lot of the Eastern philosophy really is more about dropping into this sort of vertical plane where we go deep within ourselves. We stop looking for answers outside of ourselves. And for me, when I started a practice a few years ago or I picked my practice back up, and I guess I was, I wasn't using this language, but I guess I was building my chi and I was really tapping into my sense of purpose. Oh my God, man, it was like, (laughs) It was like a missile just like projecting from the earth into space, like in terms of where I was and where I got to just a few months later. And I was just attracting things into my life. There was crazy synchronicities going on, doors Mm. opening, left, right and center, clarity. And it was just unbelievable. Um, Yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Yeah. They say when we raise our chi, what we do, we raise our vibration. And from the law of attraction standpoint, Anything in a high vibration is, you know, like finding money, get meeting the right people that can lead you to the right opportunities, anything good, you know what I mean? From simple as like getting car parks and green lights to having record-breaking sales in your business, but things are just flowing. Anything in a low vibration is the things like that we don't preferably not attract into our life. So simple formula is raise your chi and then raise all the, the good events in your life, you know, and it's just, you know, people do that through different ways. But yeah, I think adding more on that to your life it's only going to benefit it you know (laughs) okay what's the best way for somebody listening to 
to raise their chi. Obviously, they could, going on a course, learning with a master is obviously the way forward. Is there anything they can do right this minute or after this podcast to raise their chi? Yeah, I mean, I'll just mention a couple of different ways. But the, the first way you can do is just connect to your breath and do some deep breathing exercises. You know, that's going to like that's just a really quick way. But the best thing and I'm not trying to sell what I do or anything. The best thing that I've found is Qigong for me because it is energy cultivation. But like I do all sorts of different things all the time. But movement is a great way. Diet is another great way. Anything with a high vibration that you can bring into your life is going to absolutely amp that up you know surround yourself with more positive and inspiring people even if that just means that you have to start with books or you know like different programs you know whatever you can do that's going to raise your energy and the best thing is ask if something feels light or heavy if it feels good and it makes you feel good then just do more of that you know i think there was a book titled energy and i always laugh about it because basically the message in the book was just do what gives you more energy you know what i mean and then don't do things that that take energy away from you that's such a great that's such a nice simple way of looking at it yeah just do shit that feels good that's it (laughs) awesome man i think that's uh we've just broken down thousands and thousands of years of spiritual philosophy and books into (laughs) into one sentence just do shit that feels good that's it that's it nice man Talk to me about purpose. Like when you tune into your sense of purpose, what is it that you're here to do, Ryan? For me, it's a, uh, I love that question the way that you just said it. You know, for me on an individual basis, it's about just giving one person at a time a deep transformation so they can realize what their purpose is and start to tune into asking greater questions. Like not just after they've passed, like what am I here for? Things like that, but how we can benefit humanity and how we can add to having a conscious shift on the world so there's more of a more blessings and more opportunities for people because we're past the age of war now we don't really need to do that anymore we've got so much amazing technology and opportunities for people to make money in all these different avenues and events there's no need for war anymore you know so the more that we can raise our consciousness up and a great book that that comes to mind just now is power versus force and i think it's chapter four and five he talks about the levels of human consciousness it's written by david r hawkins and you know the most conscious beings are in like between seven hundred and a thousand and it just talks about all the different emotions that start at 20 i think it's shame that's on the lowest one but anything that we can do to, to raise people's consciousness is is what I'm about. And for me, it's just working well with a single individual to do that, even though I've got like a, what I'm working on is more ways of affecting the masses. But really, like if I can do it effectively with one person and I, and I work with, the reason I work with entrepreneurs and, you know, really influential people is because they've just got a greater audience. So it's just the effective, more effective use of my time because I'm about productivity as well, that um, if I work on them, then they can have a greater effect with all of their ideas and their contribution moving forward because um yeah making money is absolutely awesome it's it's necessary it opens up more opportunities in that but if we can then shift that or we can create ideas that also benefit humanity and technology that can ena- enable us to get back our time or have more mind body sort of soul connection then i, I just think that's fantastic i think the point is what i'm trying to say is that there's no more need for war anymore you know we've got such a great opportunity in front of everyone now to create ideas and to collaborate with people all over the globe. It's definitely time for, for a massive shift. Absolutely, man. It seems like it's underway as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, that's so, it. Where can people find out more about what you do, Ryan? 
Yeah, so um, I've got a website, just simply my name. It's ryannasser.com. My name is spelled R-H-Y-N. My surname is N-A-S-S-E-R. Yeah, ryannasser.com. And you can also find me on my Facebook page, just Ryan Nasser as well. So Awesome. And listen, um, so Ryan basically runs these courses. It's the eight-week challenge. I was fortunate enough or lucky enough to participate in one a few months ago and this is powerful shit guys like this is a a really transformational type of program it's built around the pillars of qigong productivity and manifestation so it really it builds in a daily practice of qigong or building up cultivating your energy and honestly guys it's just in the first day of practice you feel more powerful as a being you continue this for eight weeks and the changes like there were unbelievable changes happening for people's businesses i was getting clear on my business goals other people were just smashing it out the park and i remember this one particular time where we're having our weekly call with ryan and he basically we were doing this exercise he brought in this exercise where he stood in a stationary position for a long time for something like 20 minutes just holding one position really really building up the energy and he said that we would reach a stage where we could be driving our cars and we could stop at the traffic lights next to another car and we could just look at the back of the head of somebody in another car and just with our chi or our, or our energy, they would be able to feel our presence. <laughs> that really stuck with me. <laughs> that really stuck with me. But yeah, that was like an amazing course. So I really recommend anybody check that out. It's a basically a online Skype mastermind. So if anywhere you know, in the Australia time zone, you could tune into that. Cool, man. So just wrapping up, Ryan. So what are like the, what's the number one powerful bit of inspiration that you'd like to share with our audience, um, an audience of peak performers, and they're just striving to get to that next level. What can you leave them with? Just simply, you know, be true to yourself, do what you, you must do, and then the result will come. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. Thank and, you so um, much, Jiro. Very really appreciate you, it. Sending you heaps of chi. <laughs> Receiving, man. <laughs> sending you some chi too. Thank you. Awesome, brother. Thanks for listening to the Flow State Performance Podcast. Check us out at www.flowstateperformance.com for more inspiration to unleash your potential.